Today's daf is daf kof base page one hundred two. And hitting him with zechus guys elates him. And we are on the very top line of daf kof base. Omar Aleph, we are up to Omar Rav Kahana. <coughs> Rav Kahana says we're continuing on until the two dots about halfway down on the Omar. Turning on with Hokushmita. Yesterday we learned the things that the consumption takes place at the same time as the benefit has Kedusha Shemitah. Otherwise, it doesn't. The Gemara said, I, we've worried about wood. We said, oh, there's an oily wood. You have an oily wood. What's the deal about oily wood? So the, the gain from the flame is happening at the same time that the oil's burning. So the, the consumption, the burning up of the oil is happening at the same time as the benefit. And there you're, that's what we're doing with Kedusha Shemitah. And now we're going to keep focusing on... That idea. So here we go. Top line. Amr of says, Whether or not these woods are meant for hasaka. What does hasaka mean? Meant to be used to make a flame. What's its status? If it has Kedusha Shemitah, is a Machlika You cannot use Shemitah fruit to soak flax or for laundry. You ever tried doing laundry and fruit juice? Who would have known, right? Who would have thunk? No problem. You could put Shemitah produce into this soaking bin and into the laundry. Okay, now what's this about? My time at the Rabbonon. What is the reason for the Rabbonon of the Tanakam? Omar Kras has the Basuk. Shemitah produce is meant for eating. You know what that means? Not for soaking. For eating, not for doing laundry. For you, and you know what? As long as you not do business with it, Rebezi says, you can use it for whatever you want. You want to eat it? Eat it. You want to soak it? Soak it. Want to put it in the, in the laundering, uh, in the, the laundry machine? Put it in the laundry machine. Do what you want. If that's how you're going to get benefit, you could get personal benefit. Now, what does each one do with the other one's source? It says lachem. It says lachem. Yeah, they say lachem means it has to be similar to eating. Which means that the benefit is happening at the same time that it's being used up. Excluding a case by, by soaking and laundry where the benefit is only coming later. Okay. Because it's it's considered being ruined later on. The benefit is going to come after the whole. See, back then the washing machines also wasn't done in a half hour or forty five minutes. They would when they would soak it and they would benefit from it. This took place over the course of time. So the ruining of it and the, what we'll call the consumption of it is happening at a different time than the pleasure. Hence, what's the why are we saying this? Says the Gemara. This is the Machlekes Rabbanan and Rabbi Yaisi about whether or not you're allowed to use shemitah for for uh, you know if. The benefit's not happening at the same time. Rabbi Yaisi Nami Hoksib Lachot. Now the Rabbanon said, you'll only eat it. Rabbi says, nah, anything you want to benefit. Because that's Lachem. Says, Gemara, what are you going to do with Lachot? Amar Lachot. Rabbi Yaisi is going to say, Kumi Bailey Lachidatani. It says Lachot for the following reason. Shemitah food produce could be used to eat, but it cannot be used Limelugma. Ooh, what's Melugma? Says Rashi. Um, for bacitracin. Um what else is what's another uh, what's another type of ointment? You, you use it for yeah, use it for some sort of medical medical uh, neosporin, you know, something like that, right? So you'll eat it but not for 
medicine. So maybe it's mean you could use it for medicinal purposes. Can't use it for laundry. Okay, because that's not a daily thing either. That's something that's only needed under specific circumstances. Why we want to include the permissive, why would we take the approach, theoretically, to include laundry, to exclude medicinal purposes, uh, and, and ointments, let me include the uh, kvusa and say you could use shemitah produce for laundry. It's, it's equal to all people. Everybody's got to do laundry. Because it's only if you're sick. It's only, it's only if you're sick. Okay, fine. Now, so we just established machlekas between Rabban and Revyesi and what their sources are. What about the following b'risa? Shmita fruit could be used by eating it, but you cannot use it for medical ointment. You could eat it, and it cannot be used for ziluf. What's ziluf? Scent. Scent. Right? They would take things, huh? Like perfume. Yeah, like a perfume to make your house smell nice. Okay? You can't use shmita produce as a as a, something to make things uh, smell nicely. La'akhla, uh, you could eat it. And you can't make apik toizen. Okay, listen to this. Get ready for this. Apik toizen is an acronym. Apik to remove, toizen, zon, is food. Apparently, there was a, you know, there's a, there's a joke. This guy is, is eating uh, at the Shul Kiddush. Guy's eating at the Shul Kiddush and he's stuffing his face. He says, uh, uh, he's eating, mom. at a certain point, he says, I can't breathe, can't breathe about, so they say to him, if you stick your finger down your throat, it'll make you throw up, get out of your system, he said, if I had room for my finger, I'd shove in a pickle, yeah, I'd shove in a pickle, what, what's that, what, what, what do we mean by here, so they used to have a ziluf, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, a pectizen, was some sort of food that would induce throw up. It would cause somebody to throw up. So are you allowed to use Shemitah produce to create such a thing? So you're allowed to use it for eating. You can't use it for something to remove that which has been eaten. Kiman, who does this follow? We should have mentioned the Mishra Kvusa. And we should have said it's not allowed. From the fact that we don't say it's not allowed, it must be it is allowed, and we're following Shitas Rebbe Yaisi. Period. Two dots. We're now halfway down on Daf Kuf Bez Amad Aleph 102a. Halfway down on the Amad. Here we go. Back to our Mishnah. New topic. Rebbe says that, again, what happened? If somebody, you ask somebody to dye it red, and he dyed it black. He hasn't dyed it black, he dyed it red. So what's the halacha? So he said it depends which, which the consumer gains more from. Do we charge him just for the dye? Do we charge him for the improvements? So it depends. Says the Gemara, Simen is Samach Beis Nun. Here we go. Yosef Yezvachore, the Rebbe Abba. Rebbe was sitting behind Rebbe Abba, Kamei and they were both sitting in front of Ravuna, Yosef Ravuna, Vakamar, Rebbe Yeshua Ben Karcha. He said the Halacha is like Rebbe Yeshua Ben Karcha. When? We don't know yet. So hold on. As Rebbe Aaron says, give the Gemara a chance. The halakha Rabbi Huda. 
And we also paskin like Rabbi Huda. Now that we knew, we just quoted it in the opening line of our Gemara. Rabbi Huda, Aymer, it depends. That Imah Shevach, whichever one is, uh, is more, the consumer has the upper hand. Adrina Rabbi Yisif So Rabbi Yisif, again, who was sitting behind Ravaba, turned his face. Why? Wasn't happy with what the Rabbi said. Omar, he said, I get that you want to say, Allah is like Rabbi Shubham Karcha, Itchrich, that makes sense. Because Rabban argue on him, you want to tell me a chiddush? Fine. Kamash v'lo anelachi yachid. You want to tell me a chiddush? Alachas falls like the yachid. Rabbi Shua ben Karcha mahi. Now, by the way, where's this individual opinion of Rabbi Shua ben Karcha that Rabbi Yosef wasn't upset that which was he wasn't upset that it was mentioned by Ravuna? The time we went to the price of Rabbi Shua ben Karcha Imer mova b'shtar ain't from him. If somebody has a mova b'shtar, somebody lends money with a document, we don't collect money. From them, this is referring. This is an avaydezara referring to ayvdei avaydezara milve alpe nefram him. But if it's a verbal uh, agreement, then we do collect with them. Meishu kamatzal miyadam. It's as if you're saving money from their hands that they that they can't steal. Now this is an interesting halacha. I'll just explain what it is. You're not allowed to have any interaction with an idol worshiper right before their holiday, that's going to benefit them in any way, shape, or form. Because when they show up to their holiday, they're going to be giving thanks in their cherch. Yeah? C-H-U-R-C-H. Giving thanks in their cherch um, uh, to, uh, to, that which they, um, to that which they respect. So, what happens, though, if I lent money to an idol worshiper? And it comes time for the to collect the money. So interestingly, if it's a loan with a document, you're not allowed to collect it. You know why? Because since you have such a strong tfisa, such a strong grab on the money, they're glad to get that out of the way. Because they know you can take it anytime. And if they make a payment on their Arab Yomtiv, right before their Yomtiv, or three days before, they're going to show up to Yomtiv happy that they got this thing off their head. The loan is paid up. So we don't take loans of documents before their holidays because it's going to make them happier and thank their gods. But if it's a verbal agreement, so there's no proof on a piece of paper, then you're allowed to collect it because they're going to be all upset. Oh, I should have finagled and wiggled my way out and that would just cost me money. They're going to show up to, going to, show up to Kherch, uh, a little upset about it. So you're, so you're allowed to take uh, that sort of payment. Okay. Now, where does that come from? Rabbi Shua ben Karcha. This is the Rabbi Shua ben Karcha that we're passing like. Fine. So now that we understand that, says the Gemara, what about the second part of the Rav Huna statement? Why do I got to mention this? So it's Pashat that um, that uh, the Allah is like Rav Yehuda and there's no need to mention it. Where do we find the Machlaikas in the, in the Mishnaya? So in Bavakama, you ever heard of Bavakama? Yeah, sounds familiar, right? So in our Mishnah, it says, I gave wool to somebody to die, and I asked him, please die at red, he dies at black. It depends if you, the... the he goes by the expenses, so you, you only pay for your expenses. You don't have to pay the full amount. But if the expenses are a higher value than the the shavach, the gain in the value of wool, nice, nice shavach. So then the owner gives him the value of wool. So that's in Babakam. Now later on in Mishnayis, in the very next Masechta in Babakam, 
there's a Mishnah which states, the Tran, we learned in the Mishnah, whoever changed it, his hand is on bottom. So on one hand, we have Machlaikas here, and there we pass, and listen, if there's an agreement, and you're the one who went ahead and changed it, you have the lower hand. Anybody backs out of a deal, he also has the lower hand. So you see, there's no even need, need to mention this. Bava Metziah comes after Bava Basra. It's a Stam Mishnah after a Machlaikas. So we, it's very clear that the who, whoever didn't make the change has the upper hand. So why does Rav Huna even need to mention this? Rav Huna, and why Taka did Rav Huna say this? Why did he teach his kids? It's incredible. Rabbi Yisif got upset that Rav Huna in Shir told him something that is so simple. He's like, I'm not in kindergarten. I'm, I'm not here to, like, I want to be taught something. I want to learn. I want to learn. Don't just say. It has to be... That's to be something to, to learn of here. So what about Ravuna? He says, no, it's Rich. I need to, I need to, I need to mention that. So Listen, he says, now those who say the judge goes Baba Matziah comes after Baba Basra in, in our print, but those who say that uh, Baba Matziah doesn't come after Baba Kama. And therefore maybe the Stam Mishnah was written before the Machoikas. Maybe Baba Matziah is before Baba Basra. Says the Gemara, what? Rabbi Yisef, Yehachi, Kol Machlekes Vachach Stam Neima Ein Seidel Mishnah. Says that doesn't make, that, that's that's going to be a very difficult place to go. You know why? Because if you're going to tell me that you're going to say Ein Seidel Mishnah, then our whole rule of whenever you have a dispute and a and a plain statement afterwards with no dispute, you follow that plain statement. You never know the order of anything, so this rule never works. Ustam Vachach Machlekesi. He says, no, in one Masechta, we're going to say there's an order to how that Masechta was written. But in two Masechtas, there's no order. And therefore, somebody would have thought that maybe the one above Metziah was written before the one above Akama. And it's not really halacha like Rabbi Yehuda, because it ends up being a machlaikas. So therefore, I came to teach you a novel idea. For Rabbi Yisif, and why was Rabbi Yisif upset? And he says, no. He's going to say, Kulam Nezikin Chad Masechtahi. He's going to say, no, because Bavakam, Bavansi, and Bavabasa are all considered one Masechta. All of Nezikin is, uh, is one Masechta, specifically these three, uh, these three uh, Masechtas. And therefore, it's in order. And since it's in order, it's one Masechta. Since it's in order, Memela, uh, there's no Chiddush. We, we know clearly that it's a Machlekas Vachrikachstam, and we know what Allah is, and therefore, there's no need to mention it. If you buy same where you want, you can say Mishum the Ketani Lehuchsa Psikta that uh, Rabbi Yosef that, that this wasn't the issue between Rabbi Yosef and and uh, Rav Huna, but rather this statement of Rav Yehuda is taught amongst the clear cut Mishnayis. So basically. Well, it's the second answer saying as long as you do with order of Mishnayis. Maybe Taka will say yes, say to the Mishnah and that. But his issue was is that something which we've been taught clearly and with psak and fully, I didn't need to. Uh, it doesn't need to be mentioned. Okay. The rabbis learned in social. Somebody gives money to a shliach. We're now shifting over to the laws of shlichas. Top of Amud Beis. And I tell my messenger, please go purchase wheat for me. And my guy, my my shliach, my messenger goes and purchases barley. So I asked him by barley. He buys wheat. That if it if there's a loss in value, 
the, the shliach, the messenger, takes a loss. When my sira sira light, if it goes up in value, the shliach also. In other words, he, he's basically doing his own thing. So if there's a loss, he shoulders the loss. If, but if there's a gain, he gets the gain. Yeah, if you take if you take the blame, you get the credit. That's how it works in life. You can't have both. You can't take the credit and not take the blame. Right? Can't have a fall guy one way. If it's yours, it's yours. Wait a second. Yeah. I have a, a question. Okay. I told him, I want you to go buy barley for me. Yeah. Okay. And he brought back wheat and the value went up. But I needed the barley for the children. Okay. How am I going to make children now? But he didn't ask him for that. You didn't ask him. If you need barley, why'd you ask him for wheat? No, I asked him for barley, but he brought wheat. So then he's not your messenger. You understand? You can only call somebody your messenger if they do what you ask them to do. Oh, but this guy, he was a messenger. <laughs> I, what, what was he a messenger for? Wheat. Right. He comes back with barley. You're not my messenger. You did your own thing. A messenger, by definition, means I, I sent you to do this. You didn't do it. All right, that's good. That's good. Right? Okay. So that so that's that's where the Gemara is going with this. If right, it's like I sent I sent the guy to go shopping in the supermarket. He ends up playing catch. He is he going to say I'm Tumblr's messenger to play catch. I'm just doing something different than he asked me to do. No shaykhs. What are you doing? I mean, it's got that, right? So, the first Tana holds, he's just doing his own thing. So, if there's a gain in barley, barley goes up in value, he gets it. But goes down. You're just doing your own thing, man. The Tani Chadu, the other opinion is, If it goes down in value, it's the messenger's fault. But if it goes up in value, then they split it as a, as a, like they both own it. Okay, now this needs to be explained. Amar Rabbi says, "Like Kasha, Har of Meir, the Ha Reb Yehuda." The first brisa, which says everything goes to the Shliach, that's the pin of Reb Meir. And Reb Yehuda says, "No." Reb Yehuda says that if there's a gain, it's going to go to both. This is the opinion of Reb Yehuda. Why? So Gemara explains. Har of Meir, Damar Reb Meir is of the opinion that a change. Gives you an acquisition. Like we learned this uh, three daf ago that if you uh, ask him to dye it red and he dyes it black, he has dye it black and he dyes it red, so he, he acquires it and he gives you back the original value. So that means change is completely yours. Abuda says no. Abuda says even though he changed from the instructions, the dyer changed from the instructions, um, it's as if it's his now. It's as if it's his and, uh, and Shinoi Kaina. So over here, since the shliach changed from what you asked him to do, so he also has a uh, part ownership in what was done. He's betzim an owner too. Harav meir damar shina kaina, hadrav yuda damar shina enakain. Hi, masal rabbi lazar memai. Why do you think that's the machlekes over here? Don't mark on the gamar of meir ella b'midi dechazi le'degufei. Maybe meir says that she knows kaina by something that the owner still has use for, something that he can still. Gain from, for example, I wanted red, you did it black, but I have I have reasons to use it for black. When it comes to doing business, Herbeer never said that that changing gives you an acquisition. Sigmar says, you're right, that's not the... the again, we have a contradiction in Bryces, so we tried saying it's a dispute between Herbeer and Rabbi Lazar, and we just proved that that can't be the dispute. So says Gemara, Ella, 
Amar of Lazar, Hava Har Rav Meir, Vlaikasha, Khan La Achila, Khan Lishaira, both are going in, in Rabbi Lazar. And where do we and one's talking about where the messenger was sent to purchase food to be eaten. Okay? And the second one is where he was sent to purchase something to do business with. Okay? Now, if I asked you to do business with something and you changed from what I asked you to do, in essence, you're a ganav. In essence, you're a ganav. You're a thief because you're taking my money and you're inv- involving yourself in a deal. What's it called? These Ponzi schemes? Not, not really a Ponzi scheme. But you, you take money from one thing I asked you to do and use it for something else. And uh, so, so there, you would have the, uh, you'd have the shinoi kaina. Machu Allah b'marava in Eretz Yisrael, they, they had a problem with this. They had a problem with this. According to Rabbi Yechanan's approach of Rabbi Yehuda. Now again, Rabbi Yehuda holds that it's not so simple. I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda holds that by, when you change it, you could get an element of ownership in what you did. Did, who told the original, who told, when I sent you to buy barley and you buy wheat, Who'd you buy it from? Some guy. This guy, who's he selling it to? He's selling it to the messenger or is he selling it to the, um, the sender of the messenger? So the Gemara is basically asking, like, the one who's giving over the wheat doesn't know the backstory. All he knows is that he's getting money from the shliach. So what's he say? Just, I sell wheat. Does it make a difference to him that the, mes- that the sender of the messenger, the owner of the money, does the owner of the wheat who's selling the wheat, the guy who's selling the wheat, does it make a difference to him where that money is coming from or what was said before? All he has is a guy in front of him offering him money for wheat. He doesn't know that the sender really asked for barley. He has nothing to do with that. Okay? And therefore when he gets money, he's just giving it over to the shliach. So if he's giving it over to the shliach, here's the Gemara is asking a very strong question. Who's ever giving any part of ownership to the sender? How's the sender getting any sort of ownership here at all? He asked for something else. He's not getting what he asked for in return. The seller is giving it all to the messenger. And his das, and here's where it's important. His mind is, I'm giving it to this dude, not to anybody else. So how does the original guy get any sort of ownership? Messenger, shouldn't a messenger identify himself? I'm a messenger for Shmuel. Either yeah or no, it doesn't matter. He's still giving over the money. It doesn't make a difference whether he's identifying his uh, status or not. Okay, huh? Right, no. It doesn't matter. You don't care. Right. You don't care. So who's giving giving him even a partial ownership? Moscow... Buying for my wife. Okay. Uh-huh. Every time your wife goes to the store, she's buying a few. Master Shmuel Barsarti, Shmuel Barsarti has a challenging question on this. He says, if you're nervous about it, and you're going to say that the seller of the wheat has to know who he's giving it over to, I don't understand. If you're going to tell me that the seller of the wheat has to know who the buyer is, why don't we say a messenger always has to identify himself? Even if he's buying the right thing, he should have to. On Rabbi Vo, no, shiny chitin is chitin. It's different. If if I send you to buy wheat and you do buy wheat, 
even if the seller doesn't know that you're my messenger, and this was David's question before, there's there's a rule that when a person sends a messenger, he's like you. So you are an extension of the sender. You are you are an extension of them. Says and I'll prove this to be true. The time we learned to the Mishnah. Whether somebody is maktish, makes his property fit for the hektish uh, uh, for the base of mikdash, or a person says my erech goes to the base of mikdash, just as somebody says whatever value I could be sold for on the market, I want to give that value of myself over to the base of mikdash. They cannot go now. The the base of mikdash now has a right to take from his property up to his value. Could, they can't take his wife's stuff, or his children's. Or any any sort of uh, garments that was uh, used to dye their clothing, or any new property that he purchased for them. Um, says the Gemara, but why not? Why can't the Beis Hamikdash take newer clothing that he just gave his wife and kids? See, maybe they should have like a lien on this property because maybe it happened after he promised. Who who told the guy who was dyeing the shoes and the and the clothes to give it over to the wife and kids? They was carrying out the shlichus of the husband. So too, in a regular case of a shliach, a regular case of messenger, if you're carrying out the shlichus, if you're doing the shlichus that you were asked to do, you're considered the balabais himself, and therefore, like this. What the Gemara says is, if I'm a messenger doing what my sender asked me to do, as soon as I get it, it belongs to the sender. It doesn't matter if the seller of the wheat knows that I'm just a messenger. Because I, as a messenger, am also an extension to the sender. But if I show up as a messenger and I'm purchasing the wrong thing for the sender, you can't call me an extension anymore. The whole thing's a mistake. And therefore the seller would have to know who he's giving it over to in order for it to be valid. Rabbi says, No, that's not a good svarah, that's not good logic. Don't bring me a proof from Hektish has no access to the wife and kid stuff. You know why the base of English can't take it? Because when I make something Hektish, you know what I'm saying? That's besides, just don't touch my family stuff. I say my property is hectic, it's not including what my wife and kids need. And that's why Bezdin, because it's, your das was never on that in the first place. But maybe if your das was on it in the first place, like a sender to a messenger, maybe Taka, we, uh, the, the, it is important for the seller to know who's getting it. Masler Ozeir, Ozeir is a challenging question on this logic. He says, I don't understand. Does, uh, let's say somebody says, all of my stuff belongs to the base on Mikdash. Is he thinking about his tefillin? Do you want your tefillin to belong to the base of Mikdash? No, you know why? Because then you're not allowed to benefit from it and you need to be able to use your tefillin. Utanam, we learned in the Mishnah, if a person says all of my possessions goes to the base of Mikdash, we do evaluate even the tefillin. So you see, even if you have logic to say, to dictate to us, that his that his das wasn't including his tefillin, he still has to cover that value. So we should say the same by the wife and kids. Even though when you made your stuff hectish, you didn't mean your wife and kids. Doesn't matter. We follow what you say. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and you would have to give the value. 
Elam Rabbi, rather Rabbi says, in, it's true, you should know when somebody makes his stuff hectic, he, he has his das on his tefillin. You know why? Because a person who says his property is hectic, I'm doing a mitzvah. And when I'm doing a mitzvah, I'm including everything. I want to do the mitzvah in the biggest way possible. And if it means including my tefillin, it means including my tefillin. But he's not thinking about what his wife and kids have. You know why? Because then they ain't going to like him. They're not going to like him. So when I say all my nechassim are hektish, my das could very well be on my tefillin. Ah, you're not supposed to. I don't know that. I'm trying to be a tzaddik over here. Try to be a tzaddik. I think that the more things that belong to hektish, the more bigger tzaddik I am, right? So I'm like, whatever, just take it, hektish, mamish, this value. Your wife and kids, ah. Yeah. There was a child in first grade. The teacher asked the kids, who is your hero? One kid wrote, my dad. The... Next question was, is there anything that your hero is scared of? And the kid wrote, my mom. So there you have it. You can have somebody who makes all of his property into hectic. I'm not messing with my wife. I'm not, uh, it does not include my wife. It's not, not include my wife and kid stuff. That, that I never even, uh, you know, that was, not, that was certainly not my das. Okay, that's another approach. Maskva Ravaisha. Ravaisha has a challenging question. But over here, we're dealing with the laws of Erechin. Again, what's the laws of Erechin? A person who says, I'm giving my value over to the Beis HaMikdash. Utanam with them to the Mishnah. If a person says, I'm giving my value to the Beis HaMikdash, the Beis HaMikdash could come uh, and take collateral from the person's property until he actually pays up. He says, I don't understand. When I make a vow to give my value, was my das that you should be able to take a collateral from me? No, I did this completely volunteer. I volunteered to do this. I didn't, you know, and, and I want to do this on my own terms when I'm volunteering. I'm not volunteering to do it on your terms, which, by the way, is a big mistake that a lot of, uh, it's, it's a big issue that a lot of institutions, organizations, Torah, you know, you can have a yeshiva, shul, you can rely on volunteers. Guess what? If they're volunteering, generally they're doing it their way. It's very hard to tell a volunteer that it has to be done in a, in a specific way. So, um, why does the Mishnah say that if the, oh, so ask the Gemara, if the Beis HaMikdash could come and take collateral, why are we saying that you can't touch the wife and kid stuff? Um, he says a fascinating svara, fascinating logic, which is that if you say all your property belongs to Hektish, the generalized idea is that you are giving over all the, your wife and kids' property. You're basically saying what's their, what, what they have, I'm giving them ownership of. Whatever's left over that I own is being given to the Beis HaMikdash. So that's why the wife and kids are different. You know why? Not that their stuff is owned by the husband slash father and is excluded. It's no longer considered owned by the husband slash father. So he's not, he's simply not making it hectic. Okay. 
says the Gemara Ton Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Halakeach, second white line. Halakeach sota b'shem chaveri. Somebody who buys a field in his friend's name. Okay. The Gabbai comes over to a guy in Shul, and he says, I want to give you an aliyah. What's your name? He says, my name is Esther ben Maisha. He says, Esther ben Maisha. Wow. Strange. They gave you the name Esther at your bris? He says, no, but I've been having financial difficulties, so I put everything in my wife's name. Yeah, so there you go. There you have it. So, he buys a field in his friend's name. Yeah, he's got he's to worry about taxes. He's got to worry about taxes over here. We do not force him to sell. But if he said, um, on condition, then we force him to sell it. Now, what, what, who owns what? What's happening here? My commerce. What's happening? like this. If I buy a field for my friend Bishem Reish Galusa, okay. What does it mean the name of the Reish Galusa? Um, so like this, like this. Rashi says, you know, there, there, there's some. Isn't there? Uh, there's a story that they have a book out on, and now they put a movie. This guy who like tricked his way into being like a pilot a famous guy and you know what I'm referring to yeah. some kid ended up like I don't know ended up running like a multi-million dollar business or something just like pretending that he's like a big cahoots guy or something yeah. you know what I'm referring to yeah oh Mata says catch me if you can that's uh-huh. a that's a very good so what happened is like this I hear that there's a land for sale I hear there's property for sale. So I show up and I'm like, you know who I'm representing? And I'll give me a name of... Uh, Bill so, huh? Bill Gates. Okay. I'm representing Bill Gates. The moment anybody hears Bill Gates, they leave. They're not getting this land anyway. But what's the purpose of driving up the price? The guy wants it. He wants it. He's getting it. Okay? So I bought it in the name of the Reis Galusa. I'm telling everybody that... The Reish Galusa is buying this. The head of the Gullahs. Big, big, you know. Fine. Now, not only am I telling this whole story to the other people, the seller thinks he's selling to the Reish Galusa. I, I did a deal with the Reish Galusa. Yeah. So he writes it out to the Reish Galusa's name. So do we go to the Reish Galusa now and say, listen, you didn't really buy it. You got to transfer it under this other guy's name now. She says, no, we don't force the Reish Galusa. But if the buyer said to the seller, sell me the field, Almanas, on condition that it's going to go to the Reish Galusa and then it's going to go to me, then you already have an opening and we could tell the Reish Galusa to sell to you because even what built into the original sale, it was your money and the seller knew it was going to end up by you. Otherwise, the whole thing was a, was a scam. Omar Mar. The Tana taught us. Halakeach. I'm trying to see if this is a good spot. It is. Let's hold it here. We're up to Amar Mar. Bezem, we will pick up from here uh, tomorrow. Bezem, uh, Daf this week is at 6.10 p.m. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Get the Nacht, Reb Aaron, Reb David, Reb Matis.
Rabber, Jonathan, Jim, Sam, 